0: And this is, uh, I was going to say, a new segment. It's not a new segment now. We've been doing it for several months. It's called Left, Right, and Center, and we bring it your way every Wednesday at 11 o'clock where we take a look at some of the issues of the day from some decidedly different viewpoints, or differing viewpoints, shall we say. Uh, Robert Metz is uh, our representative, uh, loosely speaking for the right, uh, because, as we've said many times before, there are surprising numbers of areas where the right and the left kind of overlap. So we don't uh, we don't nail anybody to the wall in this portion of the program. But Robert generally is on the right side of the political spectrum. Uh, Jeff Schlemmer is our normal uh, 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 lefty representative. He Jeff can't make it today, and he sent along Andrew Bolter. And we welcome Andrew to the program. Andrew is a local lawyer who does uh, advocacy work with Lifespin. Um... The question that I put for the gentleman today or the question we've decided to take a take a look at anyway. And as always on the program, we are uh, open to your calls and comments, and we may not stick to where we start. There's no we don't put any restriction on our on the members of our panel. Uh, the conversation goes where the conversation goes. But we are starting this morning from from the following. There are two statements I'm going to make here. And uh, we'll then see what our, what our uh, panelists think about them. The first statement is as follows. Rent controls are a valuable legislative tool to enable governments to maintain an adequate supply of affordable housing. Now, here's another statement for you. Rent controls are an unfair restriction preventing rental property owners from seeking market value for their product. It's unfair because there are no such restrictions on the rentals of construction equipment or furniture, automobiles, videos, tuxedos, hotel rooms, you name it. Uh, it seems that housing is uh, is uh, the primary one that is affected this way. Um Andrew, I'm going to ask you first, I assume that you would agree
1: with the first one, that they are a valuable legislative tool. Am I correct in that? Yes, I think they're one of the tools the government can use to maintain adequate housing. Now, as we look at
0: uh, the provincial government that is changing that, changing the rent control legislation, what fears do you have uh, resulting from these changes?
1: Well, my fear is, um, firstly, that we're going to see a a reduction in affordable housing stock because um, part of the changes the government are making include changes that um, are going to prevent a municipality from being able to say to uh, a landlord or an owner or a developer who wants to change uh, rental stock that's affordable into, say, a condo development. Uh, Right now they can say no uh, in terms of our needs in our community. We don't want you to do that. But um, under the new legislation, the municipality will have absolutely no say. If a developer wants to do it, they will be able to do it.
0: Robert, I'm assuming also, as I did with Andrew, that you would agree with the second one, that rent controls are an
2: unfair restriction. Well, more than that, I I think it's almost, uh, you know, we're trying to mislead ourselves when we call rent controls something like a tool. I mean, a tool is a is a hammer or a saw or something you build things with. Rent controls are a violation of a, of a property owner's right to charge whatever he wants to charge for his property. If I own an apartment um, Dwellings. I have a right to ask, say, a million bucks a month for my apartment if I want to. Nobody can stop me. The only person that's going to stop me is the lack of customers who come to my door. Mm-hmm. So why the government even thinks it has a right to suggest to anyone that they can set the value on your personal property is is so Marxist-Leninist to me. In terms of, of even right-wing governments support these to some degree, that, that that it just shocks me. It's like a. It's like a. Another universal government program, the government cannot itself afford to directly pay for affordable housing, so it foists this socialistic uh, uh, objective up upon landlords as, a, as an isolated class in society. And the very term affordable housing is, a, is, is an oxymoron. I mean, affordable to who? People who make nothing? Uh, Andrew, let me yeah. ask you
0: a, a, a little bit along the line of, of the government's role in interfering with, with private property. Um, if you were a property owner and you owned a few apartments, um, do you, I was going to say, do you think it's reasonable? Obviously you do, because this is your point of view. Do you think your point would change any if you were a property owner and, and the government said to you, Andrew, you cannot do this. You know, We'll allow you to rent them, but we're going to tell you for how much. Isn't that an infringement of your rights?
1: Well, it's my understanding that uh, with the present rent control, which is on its way out, uh, a landlord who has uh, extraordinary costs or construction costs or maintenance costs that are above what is normally expected say he has to replace a roof or do some major work mm-hmm. he can apply to rent control and get an increase greater than the the statutory limit he can but it's very cumbersome and it doesn't happen very often as a landlord i can tell you that from well, experience a, there is a process in place then uh you know um but why should why should that matter if you were going to sell your car for example
0: and i don't know if you have a car we have a car if you wanted to choose your car uh, you'd be you wouldn't be happy if the government stepped in and said you can only get so much money for this car Andrew, we don't care what it's what it may be worth You can only sell it for so much wouldn't you see that is that not a would that not be an, an infringement of your rights?
1: Uh, well, I think you have to balance rights in society And I think the right to adequate shelter is one of the fundamental basic needs of humans We have basic needs we have basic need for food we mm-hmm. have basic need for for shelter and uh, there are other basic needs as well, obviously, adequate clothing. And I think housing is, is one of those exceptions. It's not like a limousine. It's not like a tuxedo. Um, we balance rights in society, and I think a, a society, uh, a government, is obligated to m- ensure that everybody who lives in that society has adequate housing. And, and why not involve the private sector as well? No one's saying to a landlord, you can't make profit. They wouldn't be in the business if they couldn't make profit.
0: No, actually, many of them are in the business because they can't get out. There are many who would love to get out because they're losing money and they can't sell the properties because of rent controls.
1: But there could well be other factors as well. I mean, we blame it all on rent controls, but, um, you know, there's a... Well, you just have to blame it on the
2: idea of having to go to a third party to ask for permission on what you can do with your own property. Um, I mean, you talk about balancing rights. This is not balancing rights. This is infringing someone's rights. When I own something, see this shirt on, on my back here? You don't have any right to it. None. This is mine. The house I live in is mine. You have no right to it. None whatsoever. And when you say the way you say that you want to balance rights, you're saying that you're going to hire some guy in the government to come and violate and do something to my property and take something away from me to benefit someone else. I mean, the very process is corrupt, wouldn't you
1: say? Uh, I don't think it's corrupt. I think governments have to ensure that... um People are protected, and I think traditionally well, there's, been a, view, there's been a view that landlords will will raise the rents th- through the roof, and there will be a, you know people will just basically not be able to you afford know, the to pay. Who,
2: people who make the most money in society in a free capitalist society are the people who charge the lowest prices, because when you charge the lowest price, you can maximize the volume of what you're selling, be it networks for apartments, it works for widgets, it works for candy, it works for any kind of product you can think of, and when we are putting controls on prices, which is one place that we must never, ever interfere, like to me that's a, this is a holy thing you don't do in a society, you never control prices, because what you're doing is controlling people, and you're controlling the choices they make, and you're controlling their right to, to uh, you know, use and dispose of their own property, um, But
1: governments, you know, governments have always stepped in when it comes to housing. I mean, look in Britain, you know, through through the development 16th, 17th century, the squatters' rights, um, and they had a system where each landlord, which tended to be a lord who owned a huge estate, would be required. To, to house their tenants. And squatters' rights came in but as, as a right against people who are bad landlords. See, we we have evolved landlord away is from
2: bad. that. That's why we have the property rights that we have today, to get away from that. I would say rent controls are a call back to that kind of an arrangement. Uh, the only per- difference is that the victim is now the, the, the landlord. He gets, just by virtue of choosing to be a landlord, to choose to provide a service to people in society, he gets victimized and told what he can, what he can charge. I don't see any benefit to telling a landlord what he can charge for his property. Suppose I want to charge 5000 bucks a month for, for an apartment that the government might say is only worth $1,000. But, but if I find somebody at $5,000 a month, What's the difference to anybody? That takes one person out of the market. That person's no longer competing with the others. It all it all trickles down. But Robert, know? there are other
0: examples where the government does step in in terms of uh, farm marketing boards, for example, where they they take a view that they say the 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 welfare of the society and indeed the welfare oh, of the farmer. Welfare is, is, of the society.
3: They're, they're, well,
0: and the welfare of the, the farmer is protected because he's got a guaranteed right. price for
2: his for his produce and so on. First, you know, when I got involved in politics, the first guy that ever came to me was from an egg marketing board and he says I gotta know about what's going on the egg marketing board because he says believe it or not this government is paying me not to produce eggs and that's the way they do it they're controlling prices they're controlling the producers I'm not I I think the same rent control, egg marketing board, uh, milk marketing board, all the same thing, controls on prices, and they all have the same bad effects.
0: This is Left, Right, and Center on 1290CJBK. The lines are open this morning. In the studio with me, Andrew Boulder and Robert Metz. And we go to the telephones,
3: 643-1290, and that's where Gord is. Good morning, Gord. Hi, how are you? Fine, thank you. Uh, I just want to uh, comment. uh, People who extol the free market system, you know, it's all great and fine. We all you know, believe in profit and all that stuff. What gets me is the hypocrisy. They want free market until it goes against them. Mm-hmm. What I want to talk about is in London here I think they, I'm not if I'm not mistaken, they've outlawed the granny flats. And also what about first and last month's you rent did you have to pay and you have to give two months notice?
0: Well the granny flats are still that's still in effect, isn't it, Andrew? As far as I know,
3: um... I thought there was a big thing pushed by city council a few years ago to get rid of them. Well, no,
0: the city council uh, opposed the provincial legislation, but the city council has no power, effectively, against the wishes of the province. Now, as far as I know, that legislation is still in place.
3: Okay, well, how about first and last month that you have to have, you have to give two months' notice.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We're in free market system saying, sorry, you know, as landlord, whatever time you get.
2: Gore Gore, the free market system says that you sign a contract, and if the contract says first and last month, then that's what you do. If it says no first and last month, then you don't No, 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 no
3: contract. That contract is, if I, if that was really true, to have equal representation, I should have to have a, be able to have a lawyer to make up that contract after I'm allowed to get it to rent that place, not as a subject to... Not that I, what uh, you're going to be allowed rent to it? rent?
2: You're going to be allowed to rent a place before you come to an agreement about the terms of the rental? Come on, that's not like that's that's not even possible.
3: Why not? That's equal. Uh, well, that's because equal. of the that's space-time continuum. Equality. Maybe. <laughs> now, wait a minute. How is that? That's how can
2: that, you do that?
0: That's like saying you're going to go to the car lot and say, okay, I'm going to take the car. The car is now mine, and now we'll discuss the price. <laughs> exactly. That doesn't make any sense. No, you
3: say, I agreed to sell it to you, and now we come to terms. If renting is different. The thing is, if I, if I say, well, I don't like the terms of this agreement that you signed up, I don't get the place. The thing is, you like me, I like the place, okay, fine, we sit down and decide what the terms are. Mm-hmm. And I have a lawyer, equal representation on my side. But you can do that, you can get a lawyer. Oh, yeah, if I get a lawyer, I don't get the place.
0: Well, why would that be?
3: Because as soon as you, they find out that I know my rights, sorry... I don't want to rent it to you. I want to rent it to somebody that uh, I had the power over. Sounds
0: to me like you've had some ex- un- unpleasant experience with landlords. Yes,
3: I have. Have landlords no, have ever had ex- good un- ones too? Have landlords ever had unpleasant experiences with you? None whatsoever. None at all, eh? No. Okay. Well, so you know, what gets me is the, is the hypocrisy in free market sometimes. They want it, well, what as, long, as long as it goes in their favor. When it goes against well, their Gord, favor... Well, no, Gord,
0: here, Gord, just hold on for a second. Hold on for a second. I'm, okay. gl- I'm glad to have you on the program with us. I'm glad to have your opinion. But one thing I do require of people who phone yeah. is that, that they make sense with their opinions. And with all due respect, what you said thus far doesn't make any sense. What exactly is the hypocrisy here? Well,
3: it's, it's like as long as the, the power, like I said... They have the power... Who is they? Let's start from there. The landlords. Okay, a landlord has power. Has what power? First of all, when you go to rent a place... Yes. If they have a a, a lease there, if you don't like the lease... Yes. ...you have no power over it. You don't get the place. Nor should you have.
0: But if you go to a car lot to buy a car or to lease a car and you don't like the lease arrangement, you don't get the car
1: either. I don't understand what the difference is.
3: The difference is you have a, a roof over your
1: head. And I think what, what Gord is trying to say, if I understand him, is that um, in terms of a power ratio, usually the the landlord is in the position of of choosing. Um, the landlord is offering uh, something on the market. Mm-hmm. The tenant comes. The landlord can say, I don't like you. Go away. Mm-hmm. I think what Gord's referring to is that balance of power. Uh, if he really likes a place, he's got to basically sell himself to the landlord and... Uh, you know, that, that's part of the give and take of life, but, um, and I don't know, you know... Is that, of is that
0: wrong that he has to do that?
1: Well, I think it's wrong where we get, when we get landlords who are saying, well, we'll not accept anybody on welfare. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrong when we have landlords who say we will not accept uh, anybody who is of a racial minority. But that's against the law to do that. Um, well, the law is one thing. Right now, they're changing the legislation, Human Rights Code. They're trying to change it so a landlord can make a decision based on whether or not someone is on social assistance. Mm-hmm you know, as a class of people, you know, people in, in poverty. Landlords are obviously concerned about getting their rent. The, the
2: landlords I know do not think in terms of race or creed or color. They think in terms of a person's ability to pay the rent. And if they they feel that that person is trustworthy and is rentable too, then that's the only thing that they go on. I I, I just don't run into this kind of mythology. It just doesn't happen well, because there are the
1: landlords are interested in making money. No, there are, there are lots of landlords out there who will not, as a policy, tell, take welfare recipients or family benefits well, recipients it, may, it, it may simply be. because they're biased and, no, and no, it's no. not because of an ex- bad experience, it's because no. they've bought into s- the myth. You can't say that. They've bought into the no, myth that I, I, people I, I on welfare. I put the same
0: restriction on you as I put on our callers. You can't say that. You can't sit here and say what landlords believe and don't believe. You don't I have can. any. You can't. You don't have any idea what they believe. I and don't work believe. for
1: low-income people, trying to find housing every day. And, I have and, and many, put, many and families And that puts you inside
0: of landlords' minds.
1: minds. No, I'm telling you what they're experiencing. I'm passing on their experience no, to you. That's not what you said, though, Andrew. A moment ago. Well, I'm facing what I say. On what i see every day in my job okay and every day i see people in london who are trying to find adequate shelter mm-hmm. and it's not there if you look in the free press we did this a few times if you look in the free press on any one day and you count up the number of apartments available at the rates that welfare allows for shelter, you'll find maybe less than 1% of the rental stock in this city as represented in the free press ads is available.
0: I I do not want to take sides here because I don't like doing that and I'm going to back away a little bit, but I do want to just say one thing here. I have a little townhouse in town Mm -hmm. that I've had empty for as long as three months at a time that is well under It's in a nice little spot and it is well under the welfare rates and that place has sat empty for the last time for three months. So the units are out there. Are I'm, you advertising it? Absolutely, in the free press. I can show you the bills for the for
1: the ads. Well, if you could give me the name, the address. I, I've well, got maybe next, five or
0: six. The next time it's empty, I'm phoning you for okay. sure. Please absolutely, please do. Uh, please do. I
2: think too, we're we're going beyond the point here in terms of affording or creating affordable housing. Certainly, rent controls and controlling landlords' property is not a means of achieving that end. It just never does that. It does the opposite. All
0: right. Let's go back to the phones. We have uh, Patrick with us. Good morning, Patrick. Hello. Yes, sir.
4: Yeah, you just kind of touched on the point I wanted to make, that when you put in these rent controls, who's going to want to build, build affordable housing? Who's going to want to buy up that, that old, old house, fix it up, and subdivide it into four? That's right, places And rent it out.
2: And there are builders in this city who I happen to know who have refused to build a single apartment building from the first day that rent controls were, quote, temporarily introduced to the province of Ontario. Well,
0: I, I have a question for you, though, Bob. Why would they do that? Because in a new building, you can set whatever rent you want. So what's well, why that, would they be
2: discouraged from That's it? changing now. But over, since rent controls were introduced, now they some people may change on that regard because that's... But still, the government... That,
0: that has been in place. So my understanding is if you build a brand new unit... Even under rent controls, you charge whatever you want for that brand new unit.
2: Yes, but as long yes, as- but after that,
4: you can't. You are required to increase it at in an increment according to what the government allows.
1: And it's been four percent, which is higher than the present rate of inflation what, what, by three point. How does
2: something. the government have a right to tell anybody what they can charge for their property? It, it, you know. Tenants and landlords negotiate between each other, and if a a landlord wants more for his apartment than a tenant can afford, a particular tenant, then he has a right to rent to another tenant who can afford to buy, uh, buy that apartment. It's It would be foolhardy to give that apartment to the person with the cheaper rent, because that would create a disincentive in the marketplace to create more apartments. Bob, what about the people that that, that Andrew was talking about, that he
0: works with, that people who are at a temporary disadvantage in I'm their lives and
2: they can't poverty. find that Again, that's poverty. That's another issue. You don't go after landlords and point a gun at them and say, Poverty in this country is your problem. You're going to provide the poor with all the affordable housing. You're going to do it at your expense. We're not even going to call this a tax. But in the short
0: term, what do you say to that individual who can't find a place to live? What do you say to him?
2: If do you in, want not to live in your front yard? In the short term, the first thing I'd ask him is how come you're in the situation you're in? There's no short-term route to poverty. Poverty is a long-term route. you got to work at it to be there. I mean, it's not something, well, you know... I think
1: the street youth in this city might say, I haven't had much time to work at to be there. I've, I've just found myself in poverty i mean you're you're making these comments what i i think uh, is important here is to look at we've got to provide adequate affordable housing in our society basically and how do you do that one mechanism one tool has been rent control if you don't have rent control then you have to have other mechanisms we have to look at social housing we have to look at uh, cooperatives we have to look at the, you know, the community coming together and saying, how can we meet the need? Bob, would you have a problem with some of those uh, alternatives? Do, do you want to know why there is no, why there's a shortage at
2: the very, very low end? It's because no landlord in his right mind would want to get into competition with the government, especially with a government he can't trust from, from, from party to next, lex, you know, between elections, deciding what, which policy they're going to go. When you build an apartment building, you're making a very long-term investment, and it's going to last out at least three or four governments. And you don't want to have to think that your investment's going to be affected by people who know nothing about your business, who don't even understand that the mechanism you need to create housing is a free market. And, uh, you know, that's a scary proposition. I wouldn't be doing it. Okay, let's get back to the phones. We've got
0: Bill with us. Good morning,
2: Bill.
5: Good morning. Yes, sir. Uh, The rent control, I'm one of the 80%. That has four or less units Mm -hmm. in this province. Yes. But the rent control, when it came in, for me anyway, forced rents up. Because no matter what my expenses were, I took whatever I could raise it. Mm -hmm. Each and every time. Yes. Previous to that, now I've been in it for about 40 years. Yeah. And previous to that, the rents went up when my expenses went up. Mm -hmm. The hydro went up gas went up, the rents went up. Up until that point, my rents did not rise like a massive amount.
0: Now, why did you take advantage of this opportunity? Why didn't you just continue to put them up nominally when you had to?
5: Because I was afraid when rent control came in, they would come along and say to me that your rents can't go up at all. To hell with your expenses. That is your problem. Now, I had a guy down on the rent control board tell me one time I was having trouble with a tenant, and he told me blanketly that they would say whether this guy was going out in his ass or not.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Not me. Mm-hmm. And th- this now is my like retirement money. Yes. And they, the, the controls, they don't work, they haven't worked anywhere in the world. You go to any large American city, you'll find abandoned buildings. New York is a, especially. Mm-hmm. I can remember probably 40 years ago in Washington, three-floor walk-ups.
0: Yeah, again, I don't want to get off on what okay, happened in Washington, though.
5: But, yeah. but you, you can't control it, Jim. All right. Bill, okay. I appreciate the call. It's never worked.
0: Thank you, sir. Uh, I've got a lot of people waiting. That's why I'm kind of rushing along here. And Dave's up next. Good morning,
7: Dave. Uh, good morning. I'd just like to make two comments. Uh, the first one about what that last caller said is that he always raised it no matter what. Um, I was a landlord, and I did the same just because I knew that I could lower it whenever I wanted, because the government sure didn't care about that. But uh, I, you know, I could uh, raise it very little, so it was more like a, a safety net for myself. Uh, second thing is, uh, someone mentioned that uh, uh, about landlords not wanting to uh, uh, rent to uh, welfare people. Yes. And my my parents are are. Uh, uh, landlords as well, and they don't like it for the simple fact that uh, it's very hard to get the money from them, Mm -hmm. Um, that they can just pick up and go very easily, and it's very hard to get uh, money owed, and it's also hard to get money on time, Mm -hmm. and that's just been my parents' experience, and I've seen it as well, and I've I've often been, when I was younger, hired to clean up the messes from them.
0: Yeah, I'll have to say, in honesty, it's been my experience too. Yeah. I've been burned several times for several thousands of dollars in total. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate the call today. Thank you. Thanks very much. Andrew, I want to I talk about that because I know it's only a small number of, of people on social assistance who create this impression that, that none of them can be trusted. But the reality is, for many landlords, and I am one of them, and I wasn't exaggerating when I said it has cost me thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars over the years, from people on social assistance who have, have skipped, who have been late, and, and promises after promise, and then you, you go over there and one afternoon and they're gone and the place is trashed and so on and so on. Given that, that I do believe it's a small percentage of people, is there no way that we can protect the good people on welfare, the good people who need some help from those kind of rapacious ones who take advantage of the opportunities that come along? Well,
1: uh, two things. Firstly, um, th- this concept that people on welfare, there's a higher percentage who may be r- ripping off their landlords. It, I, I think that's a myth. Um, I, you know, it's hard to know how to respond. It's, you've had some bad experiences. Um, the difference is, if you've got somebody who has a job, mm-hmm. um, and has some kind of an established position. Well, you can go after them if, if you... If, you can. If, yeah.
0: If you have to, and in fact, yeah. in my experience, is you usually don't have to because they know you can. So they are going... and um, sure, Absolutely, there are deadbeats out there who are employed. I'm not saying right. that for a moment.
1: Okay, well, I think um, what you have to look at is... Um, you know, if, if people on welfare are having trouble paying the rent, they, they, you know, they're, they're late with the rent, you've got to remember that quite often they're using part of their shelter allowance, part of the shelter allowance is, well, the whole shelter allowance is being eaten up because and they're, ba- they're going into their basic needs allowance. So what they're doing is they're juggling. Every month they're juggling yeah, but hydro. Ju- but juggling's j- okay. And, and I, well, I you can't wor- juggle when you I've don't have with, enough. But I've wor-
0: I've worked with tenants where you're, you know, by the time you're done with them they're fifteen days behind, but they're still paying and that's okay. I can work with that. Yeah. But what if you're a landlord, the first of every month you have to make a mortgage payment?
1: Well now, now you've got to juggle then too. Well, of course. Everybody juggles. What I'm saying is if, if you gave people on welfare the the basic needs and the basic amount of money they need to pay for adequate shelter, not luxurious shelter, okay. adequate shelter, okay. you wouldn't be meeting, having these problems. So, the, know, so because we don't do that as a society, the landlord is the one who has to sell so The money. landlord, I guess, is one of the many people that, the, you know, you, you're buying services, you're, buying, you're paying your rent, you're, you're paying your hydro, and you're juggling. I mean, realistically, you have to put food in your, your kids' mouths first. <laughs> that goes ahead of rent. And if I was on welfare, my landlord would probably come behind the kids' the What about the landlord's kids? Well, the landlord's kids, that, you know, that's a problem. Yeah, If the landlord is a, is, is a low-income landlord... Which many of them are. ...then he has to juggle too. But I'm saying the problem isn't the, the welfare recipients. The problem is the amount of money you're okay. getting on social. This
0: recipients. is Left, Right and Center on 1290CJBK. We will continue our discussion with Robert Metz, Andrew Bolter, and you right after this. Six four three twelve ninety. 1290 star 1290 on the Cantel. It's left, right, and center with Andrew Boulder and Robert Metz. And lots of people want to join us this morning. Let's get Susan on the show. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Jim. Hi.
8: Hi. Um, I'd, I'd like to give an example of someone I know who's a landlord. Well, is this going to further our conversation? I think so. I think okay. so. I'm adding information. Voice okay. Has studied reason here. She's okay. a landlord. Yes. Who rents to um, MBA students because yes. of the location. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's smart enough to put in the contract uh, that uh, when election signs go up on the front lawn, that's her property. Yes. She determines what signs are on the front lawn. That's not one of their privileges. Well, she's not allowed right.
0: to. She's not allowed to do that.
8: Yes, she is. Uh, they can put up any sign they want inside the window. Oh, really? Which is the property yeah. they're renting? Oh, really?
0: Well, that's news to me because I looked into that a few years ago, and I was told that the renter it was the renter's property. And they were paying rent for it. They put up any sign they wanted. Well, that's interesting. Okay, so you do learn something every day. Okay. The
8: information I want to add that she's looked at is uh, she's aware that um, where she's had seven or more units mm-hmm. in, in the same building, um, she has been able to, in fact, uh, invest her equity in her investment mm-hmm. because the, um, the property tax rate has been at least double what it is for single-family residential. Mm-hmm. And um, so, actually, she's been able to pass on to these MBA students the costs, the very high property costs. Now, this is all changing
9: mm-hmm. because
8: of changes in provincial legislation yeah. and um, greater authority at the municipal level of actually setting residential property tax rates. Mm-hmm. So uh, one sh- of the most uh, significant issues, of, of course, is that it's the excessive property tax burden that's been passed on to what we'll call the multi-residential tenants because mm-hmm. there's many units in the building. Okay, yeah. So it's actually been determined that that has been a past practice. It certainly worked to the advantage of property owners, rental property owners. Right. But, in fact, what's percolating well, up now is well, that wait, all residential... Well, hold,
0: it, hold, hold, it, hold it, hold it, hold it. How has that worked to their advantage? How has high taxes worked to the advantage of the owner? I don't understand that.
8: Well, because it's been directly passed on in the rent.
2: But the, how's that to their advantage?
8: Oh, especially if they've
0: been new-built. But how, how's that you, to you their advantage? Ar- Susan, Susan, slow down. Take a breath. No, no. You've had some... Hold, slow down. They can't hear you. I've turned you off. Take a breath. You've had some erroneous information already. Well, I'm looking... There, I'm looking there uh, is... Susan, calm down. Wild. Okay. Susan, if you're not going to stop for a second, I'm going to cut, the, terminate the call. Now, will you stop talking for a second, please? Are you there? What information are you adding, Jim? Okay. I, I, I wanted a question in my earlier question, or an answer to my earlier question, how does a landlord benefit even if they pass on higher taxes? How is that a benefit to a landlord? I don't understand in, that.
8: In the past, because also if the landlord is purchasing um, some utility costs like water, um, now the sewer, you know, we've had a water surcharge in back recent the,
0: years. Back to the taxes. I, I, I is still, the issue. Okay. Well, that's,
8: another, that's another cost that gets passed on if you make a choice that your utilities are included were not included. But you
0: said, you said a moment ago that the landlord somehow benefited by passing on higher taxes. She has been.
8: She has been. How? But because the change in legislation... How?
0: Has how? Susan, how has she benefited? How has she benefited? How was she benefited?
8: Because it was a new build. She wasn't controlled by rent control in the first instance. I'm well, talking about a building that was
0: built in the last five but years. I still don't, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm, trying, hard, I'm, I'm trying hard not to be okay. obtuse here. How does a landlord benefit by passing on higher taxes?
8: It's greater the... income. You, you derive greater income from the rental property. That's, no, no, no. Greater no. rental income.
2: The landlord has to give that extra income to the city government. He doesn't keep it. He's only be, be acting as an agent, and it's driving the price of his unit up, which means he has to lower his part of the of the deal. How is he benefiting? He's hurting. Yeah. Do you do you support higher taxes, Susan?
8: If you don't think they're coming, I... Well,
2: that's
0: not what he asked
2: you, Susan.
8: You are whistling Dixie if
0: you don't think... Well, that, that, Susan, thanks for the call today. I don't know what... Andrew, I'm going to ask you. Can you help us? Do you know where she was trying to go with that? Is there any way that a landlord would benefit from passing on higher taxes? Because I don't understand.
1: Well, I guess the benefit would be just passing off a cost of doing business. The cost, I guess, the argument is the cost is absorbed by the tenant, not the landlord. But uh, the present, I mean, the present push now is to lower taxes for uh, tenants and for you know the unfair burden that tenants are paying in this city in terms of property taxes has to be addressed. And uh, my hope is what, that uh, if, if the taxes are reduced on uh, residential tenancies, that uh, that reduction is going to get passed on to the tenants. Um, that has to happen because the cost of the, the unit should go down accordingly. Okay, let's go back to the phones. We've got Mike with us. Hello, Mike. Uh,
10: yeah. I had a question for Rob, Ashley. Uh, on what basis does one individual own property? On the base, on what basis? Yeah, does uh, one individual own property so that it's his or hers and
2: his on alone? The, on the basis that he earned it, paid for it, bought it, and put his name on the title deed. Okay, I would respond by saying one doesn't acquire the funds
10: necessary to purchase property apart from the public, apart from others. Therefore, the public also must have an interest in housing. And in property
2: because, well, I no, might, I no might buy an apartment building because I'm in the electronics business. I might buy an apartment building because I'm a sports, uh, a famous sports guy, you know, I'm making a million bucks a year. Okay, uh, but It's but not necessarily earned, that I got into
10: that business. Part. The money
2: you earned is not separate from the other people, okay. like
10: whether it's your, the, the, work, the people working for you or okay. whether no, it's the oh, oh, Mike,
0: Mike, good point. Uh, what kind of car do you drive?
10: I don't have a car. Do you
0: not have a car? No. no. And what kind of TV do you have?
10: Uh... uh, uh what, the make? Yeah. Samsung.
0: Yeah. And how big is it? 13-inch. So I'm going to drop by today and borrow that. Is that okay? I want to borrow your TV because you didn't earn the money to buy it by yourself. It's part of society. So it's okay if I come and borrow
10: your TV then, right? Oh, if, if I knew you as a friend. No, that's not what I mean. What I mean is I don't think a landlord, like Rob said earlier, oh, he can charge a million dollars if he wants. But really he can't because... The people who worked on, on his building, uh, like, they're, like, he didn't do it himself. Like so, there, so he, other, Everyone contributes in some way.
0: Absolutely. So I'll be over to Bore Your TV. Thanks for the call. 643-1290. And we've got Mike up next. Good morning, Mike.
4: Yes, good morning. Yes. Uh, I'd just like to point out, uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be offensive, Andrew, but I think you're a little narrow-minded in the sense that um, you, you make the point that, that you have a problem or with the people that you deal with finding rental houses now with rent controls in place, they, they aren't affordable. Uh, and with the two callers that were back-to-back there about three calls ago stating the fact that they, uh, they they automatically charge the increase every year as a safety net or a mechanism in order to ensure revenue in the event that the uh, they wouldn't get approved on capital expenses. Now, without rent controls, I think, quite honestly, I agree with uh, Robert in, in the sense that it becomes a free market. It's not a matter of, <clears throat> excuse me, the government saying, you, you know, you can charge this, you know, dictating the amounts, and it's not going to affect the people that you're already representing with regards to where they're going to live.
1: Well, what it means is when, when their lease comes up for renewal, the landlord can turn around and say, I'm putting, I'm putting your unit up 20%, and if you don't like it, leave. No. And that, that, that's if you don't have rent control. The government's new rent control isn't gonna do that. If you're a tenant and you're you're in the property then it's not gonna go up. Well, I would think that would be an atypical situation. I can't
4: imagine that every landlord in the city, like like Jim was pointing out earlier, that there's you know, he had a problem renting places, you know, when they were affordable in his eyes. Uh, I can't imagine that, uh, you know, you're going to have all kinds of people, you know, being pushed out the door at the end of each month when their lease comes up and having to find affordable housing someplace else.
2: And even beyond that, Mike, prices don't go up arbitrarily. This idea that people, and like just like employers, landlords, anybody like that, oh, you can just charge or pay whatever you want, you cannot. The free market is the control. The free market is all those millions of individuals interacting with each other. And, and when we go to rent controls, we're overriding the will of the public. Exactly. We're literally replacing yeah, the will of the public with the will of the. If you Fishings.
4: look at, uh, say, the Union Gas, who has to be governed because they're a monopoly, whereas, you know, Petrocan, Esso, they're not a monopoly in theory. They're all independent businesses, but they act as a monopoly in the way that they, you know, peddle their product.
2: And the way uh, they're you, regulated you make the by government.
4: the same equation with apartments and, and whatnot. I mean, you can assume that because they're all rentors that it's a monopoly, but the fact that they operate as a free market inside of that monopoly, the only thing that they're a monopoly of is they all have the same product, an apartment for rent.
0: Thanks for the call today, Mike. Okay, Appreciate it. This is Left, Right, and Center on 1290CJBK, coming back with our guests Robert Metz and Andrew Bolter right after this. Andrew Bolter sitting in for Jeff Schlemmer this morning, and Robert Metz with us too. We're talking about rent controls and
6: affordable housing, and uh, Chuck's up next. Hi, Chuck. Morning. Yes, sir. Uh, I'd like to put my little five cents in here. I worked for uh, a company in, in town here when I moved to London. They have 3,000 units, and this is quite a complicated... Chuck, I'm not sure we have time. We've got a lot of people waiting, and we're running
0: short of time, so can you
6: uncomplicate it? <laughs> well, not to, to complicate I guess I can't because it really is a complicated... The only thing is when I worked with the, with them and with the rent controls and all other buildings, maintenance and everything like this, uh, when I first started, they gave uh, me a building to look after, and then I looked after a lot of other buildings. Yeah, yeah. But when I first started, you couldn't rent to students, you couldn't rent to people that had kids, mm-hmm. and you couldn't... You know, there were certain things you did. Now, the rent control... It was a rent control because it was built in nineteen sixty and it, it could only go up when you mm-hmm, yes. when had to raise the rent, you had to give them ninety days. Sure, yep. And, and and on this and finally I got to the point where uh I talked to company in that that if if I looked after the building I could rent the students and I finally got families in and everything and this was the whole problem. But as far as the company was concerned and not raising the rent, this I didn't agree with also. But uh there, and then I, then I had a, another company that wanted me to... Okay, uh, so I think, yeah, but is, is, is there a point or a comment? Because i got well, a lot the of people point waiting. Is that, the, the point is that this other company that wanted me to go look after 12 houses that were renting to students, as I said, you couldn't rent to students. Yep, and yep. I went and looked at these 12 houses and as far as I'm concerned, they should have been bulldozed down. And this is this is what the problem was. Back in the years, people rented from people, you, you know, they 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 rented Rat traps. Yeah. And this is what started the rent control. Nothing on, on the thing. This is what had to stop. Okay, Chuck, I appreciate the call. We do have a lot of people waiting, though,
0: and Meta Hunkin is up next. Good morning.
11: Hi. Hi. Yeah, I own a property, and I do rent to lower-income people. What gets me is that uh, when you have a property up, uh, they called me from the um, rental Office there, and they yeah. want to know if I would rent to uh, minority people or to uh, people on welfare. And I said, Sure, I will. But in the meantime, I had it also advertised in the paper, and they phoned because of the, they saw the ad in the paper. I got two or three people looking at the apartment, and then they sent a couple down from there, and they were on welfare, and they were a young couple, and they were um, Native Canadians. Mm-hmm. And I told this couple, and I said, well, I'm sorry, but I said, I already saw another person, and if they want the apartment, they are getting it. Yes. They went back to the office and told them that I was prejudiced because they were natives. Mm-hmm. The office called me up and said, look, you can't do this. You can, you, you, they're, just because they're natives, you're supposed to rent to them if they're real, you know, we're, we're sure that they're going to be on welfare and they're yeah. going to be able to pay yeah. the bill. Sure. And, I, and they said, we can take you to court for being prejudiced. And I said to them, well, I'll go right ahead. And they said, well, this is serious. And I said, I know it's serious, but you're not going to get anywhere because right across the hall from where that apartment is, I'm renting to a Negro. So how are you going to tell me that I'm prejudiced? I already had someone interested in the apartment. Mm-hmm. And you, listen, rented, listen, you I think could- the landlord should be... Um, I know allowed. a landlord who was, who was accused of
2: prejudice when he rented 80% of his building to minority groups, so it's, you can't get escape from that if somebody wants to go after you. It well,
1: sounds to me like it's like uh, there was a miscommunication here, obviously. Um, if, if someone came prior, and uh, I think, that, you know, you're obliged to offer it to them, I think that's just basic.
11: I was just being fair. Instead of saying, no, you can't yeah. see it because I'm alri- I've am i already spoken to someone, I let them see the apartment. Mm-hmm. They like the apartment, and yeah. they want the apartment. Yeah. And, and but why the la- the landlord doesn't have a lot of rights?
0: No, it's very true. We don't, and 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 that is a problem that needs to be addressed. Thank you for your call today. Got a lot of people waiting. Uh, up next is uh, Donovan. Good morning, Donovan.
9: Yes, sir. Hi. Good morning. Yes, I'm on the highway. I'm a truck driver, and I'm sorry about the noise that's coming from the background here. That's okay. But I'm also a landlord. Yeah. I have uh, twenty units in Kitchener. Yep. Yeah. And the, the, your guest there, the gentleman who was defending the folks that are being subsidized by welfare, mm-hmm. claims that he can't find housing for these people. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it's rather ironic that as taxpayers, the rent, even though it's subsidized, never seems to get through to the landlord when, when it's paid. Mm-hmm. Um, I wondered why he's not looking at a system we would advise the government to pay the landlords directly for the rent, so that these uh, so that these people don't have a chance to.
0: <laughs> well, you know, one of the I can tell you one of the problems with it. If if you do that, if you set that up, and the landlord turns out to be a dirtbag, and the place needs to be fixed or needs repairs or so on, the tenant has very little control, immediate control over the landlord. Like yeah. that's a problem right there.
9: Yeah, that's true, but um. In the past, I also drove buses for the city of Kitchener, mm-hmm. and I would take, pick up passengers that were going to the welfare office, yeah. and after receiving their checks.
0: Man, I, don't, I don't want to get into what happens there, because it's not really what we're talking about, Donovan. But as a landlord yourself, um, if when rent controls come off, are you going to boot the prices of your units up? No, sir.
9: The market forces will not allow that. Of
0: course. So you're going you're gonna to have to keep... Are you going to keep them where they are now? Do you think they might go up a little bit, or what's your sense?
9: Sir, the problems I'm confronted with, I'm working virtually... Uh, seven days a week to subsidize it. I'll have to get out of it as soon as the market allows because there's no incentive for, for small landowners like myself to be involved in this business anymore. I appreciate you taking
0: the time to have stop and call day, us. Sir. Thanks, Donovan. Bye-bye. And Richard's up. Hello, Richard.
9: Yeah. Hi, good morning.
12: Yes, sir. Um, I just have a question uh, for your guests. Uh, notwithstanding the, uh, the principles of, of private property ownership, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um, I wonder what his... Um, what his definition of a- of adequate housing is that he was mentioning before?
0: Uh, who are you
1: asking here? Uh, Andrew or Robert? Uh, Robert, sorry. Okay. Well, I didn't. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I mean Andrew. Okay. Andrew, yes. Well, adequate housing is housing that is is, is it, it's it's healthy. It's it's in a neighborhood that that's uh, safe. Um, it, you know, it's a place you'd want to live. You know, most people have an, uh, the same idea of what's adequate. I mean, it's it's not a palace. It's a place that's that's clean, dry, warm, and uh, uh, a place you can call home. Okay. Shut the shut the door and feel safe.
12: Well, I just I just
1: flipped open the free press here, and I've got
12: for one bedroom places just quickly scanning through it about ten or twelve under uh, four hundred dollars, and two bedrooms. I've got, just quickly circled about 8 under $500. Now, um, is that... Would okay, that not be-
1: well, on welfare as a, soul, uh, as a single, you get 520 and I think it's uh, 185 basic needs, and the rest is rent, so... Well, you,
12: you know, maybe as a single, you may have to look at, at, uh, at sharing a place with somebody. As Much long- like I did when I came out here to go to school. I would have loved to have had a, a one-bedroom apartment to myself in a nice part of town, but I had to live in residence. Um, as a 27-year-old, uh, and you, you can well imagine what a residence is in a uh, university, because I couldn't afford anything better.
1: No, that's right. But, uh, you know, how many units have you found?
12: Well, I, I'm looking, I, I just very quickly circled the last five minutes, about 10 or 12, one bedroom, right. under uh, $400, and about six or eight, a two-bedroom under $500. Some uh, include utilities, some don't include utilities.
1: Yeah, but, uh, you know, if you're on welfare, you can't afford $400. But if you're on, well, welf- if you're maybe on welfare... You have,
12: maybe two people on welfare might have to have to uh, share an apartment. Oh, and they do. Well, and you're saying that? Well, maybe, yeah, they're not going to... Uh, they have to get a two-bedroom for 550 and then it's $275 apiece.
1: Yeah, but uh, I think if you look, you'll find there aren't that many, and if you phone... The landlord do do a quick test, <laughs> see if they'll take someone, you know, on welfare.
0: Uh, thanks for the call today. Yeah. Well, they can't ask you on welfare
1: anyway. So how do they find out? Uh, well, the welfare department uh, requires a letter from the landlord mm-hmm. stating the the amount of rent, or a copy of the lease, and they will phone the landlord and verify prior to you taking the apartment. So the landlord finds out prior to the lease being signed. Well, off, unfortunately, tenants often sign the lease up front. Uh, and then, you know, uh, the landlord finds out later. But the, la- the the landlord will find out under the present system because the, the welfare office will contact them directly by phone.
0: Robert Metz and Andrew Bolter are my guests on Left, Right and Centre. We'll be back to wrap up the program right after this. On 1290 <laughs> CJB Cam, Jim Chapman, my guest, Robert Metz, and sitting in for Jeff Schlemmer, Andrew Bolter. Uh, gentlemen, I'm going to come back to the question uh, that we raised at the beginning of the program. I'm going to ask each of you to respond in 35 or 40 seconds if you can. I know it's tough, but I know you're both up to it. Um, we will start with Robert Metz. Uh, This was the, the premise that we came from with Robert. Rent controls are an unfair restriction preventing rental property owners from seeking market value for their product.
2: Well, I certainly agree with that, and uh, as far as the other side of the equation, providing affordable housing, I don't think it does that. I think when we use the term affordable housing, we're really talking about unaffordable housing, especially when you have to get the government in to help people. And it just strikes me as odd that we have, again, this universal plan to stick all landlords with this task, with this responsibility. If we want to help the poor, why not just help the poor? If somebody can't afford a, their rent because they're maybe even a hundred bucks a month short, why not just subsidize a hundred dollars? Why do we have to subsidize hundred percent of the rent?
0: And uh, just a final corollary to that, rent controls coming off. Do you think this is going to mean in wholesale increases in rents?
2: No, certainly not at this time because of the the otherwise poor condition of the economy in many respects. But even if it did mean rents were going to go up, I think that would still be a good thing for the, for the economy because if rents went up, that means there would be an increase in supply.
0: Andrew Bolter, uh, rent controls are a valuable legislative tool to enable governments to maintain an adequate supply of affordable housing. That's part one and part two again. Will we see rents go up?
1: Well, part one, um, rent control has been a means of of protecting tenants from those landlords who would put their rents up during the the period of contract, and uh, it's it's brought some stability into the rental market. Um, Whether it's a valuable tool, I think there are other tools the government can be using that are probably more useful, like providing uh, social housing, requiring developers to have a percentage of low-income housing in every new uh, development, that type of thing. Um, The other part of the question... um, our rent 's going to go up, uh, I think right now we have it 's a, it's, it's, it's a renter 's market for those who can afford the mid range it 's not a renter 's market for those on low incomes because there 's a very severe shortage of low income units um, I think a lot of a lot of the affordable housing is going to disappear over time as the rental stock disappears because i don 't think anyone 's going to build. Uh, low-income housing unless there's some government help or subsidy or that type of thing. There has to be another mechanism in place to encourage that. For instance, requiring developers to have a percentage of low-income units. Do you
0: think that the people of Ontario would stand for seeing masses of people unable to find housing at all, or do you think the the, the heart of the uh, people of Ontario will move to make sure that housing is there?
1: Well, I think uh, there. we know, I know there are people living without hydro because they can't afford hydro, they're paying the rent instead. I know of families that are, are sort of going from, from friend to friend, desperately trying to find adequate shelter. Um, and t- once we so- see people on the streets, then I think, you know, that we, will happen.
0: If we've got anybody listening who has a four affordable housing. Uh, is there a number where they can contact you?
1: Yes, they can contact uh, Lifespin at uh, uh, 438-8676 if they've got some affordable units. Um, we can always uh, find people.
0: Okay, 438-8676. Robert Metz and uh, Andrew Boulder, thank you both of you for coming in today. Thanks, Jim. Robert, thank you. we'll see you again next week next along week. with Josh Schlemmer. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. For Andrew and Robert and Ryan and Don, it's Jim Chapman saying please take care of each other, mind how you go. We'll see you tomorrow on the next edition of Talk of the Town.